Well, hello. You are listening to the Swinging Flamingo Podcast. This is a sexually explicit podcast, and you must be 18 to listen unless you want to share an awkward listening experience with your parents. This is not professional advice. This is our opinion based on our journey through the swinging lifestyle. So, are you ready to flamingo with us? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Swinging Flamingos. I'm Mrs. Flamingo. And I am Sir Dilphamus of Winsboro. (laughs) I said last episode that. I needed a pin to pop that head. You still have a big head from that. I'm still going to milk that one for all it's worth. <laughs> I'm not going to let you live it down. So we just hit a milestone between us. We celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary this past week. Are you sure it's 13? Positive. Okay. Get on with it. Pay attention. <laughs> the bad thing is, is I don't even know. I don't keep up. I'm just as bad as most men. <laughs> you are the one that stand that never went away. That's right. I have to say you're the longest lasting one night stand I've ever had. It's because you fed me. You're not supposed to feed strays. Fed you good, apparently. That's right. Sushi and ice cream, all in one meal. Well, it worked. I got to keep you, so that's a positive thing. Now, even though we say we've been married, we've do you know how long we've actually been together? 16, because it took me a long time to shit or get off the pot on proposing. No, <laughs> we were together before you proposed to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It took me three years, though, didn't it? Yeah, about 16 or 17, we've been together. You don't know that either, do you? No. No. So, so why are you busting my balls over it? I kind of know the idea because I moved in 05. So it was 05. Okay. Whatever you say is the gospel then. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we have been traveling a lot for some parties. We've been traveling a lot, a lot, a lot. I don't know. I think we kind of slowed down a little bit. After we came back from Miami, we actually went to Oklahoma City for a nephew's birthday party. And then we're going to hit a party. How did that turn out for us? Just some wild sex in the be- in the hotel room instead. Yeah, sometimes we get to traveling so much to parties, we don't even make it to the party. And, and I felt bad because we had promised people we were coming out, and then it just didn't didn't work out in their favor. <laughs> we might be known as flakes now. They may start judging us by that. No, that's we, the only time really that we've really blew them off. Yeah, we were tired. We got finished playing. Again, it was a five-hour drive up there, did a birthday party, did some running around town, getting some supplies. And as Took everyone some- knows, family... Birthday parties is emotionally draining. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hit or miss if it's a knockdown drag out or not. We never know what we're going to expect when we go up there. It drains me just the thought of it. <laughs> but we got finished taking some pictures and playing, looked at the clock and it was 1130 and we were both like, do we really want to get dressed nicely and go out for this? I'm like, by the time I take a shower, it's going to be another hour. It's going to be late. So we skipped on that one. There'll be another one, as we always say. We have been doing a lot of two-by-two dates lately. That's seemed to be the norm since we've technically slowed down from going out. Yep, we have been doing a lot of dates. It's funny. We had one call on the, the other day saying they were heading up here from south of us, and they said, so can we stay with you? And we're like, oh, no, we got kids. That's not going to work. Yeah, we, people do not stay with us. Stay at a hotel, maybe, but they couldn't even find a hotel. <laughs> no, apparently there was a basketball tournament in town, and they didn't have any luck with that. So it was kind of Well, a, and they looked at what? Four or five different towns. It's not like it was just one hotel was sold out. It was the whole southern metro. <laughs> you think if you're riding it on a bike and it was freezing weather, you had thought about that beforehand. Yep. But they're still alive, so that's all that matters. Live, <laughs> live to ride another day. So we had another one of the eye candy party weekends here in Dallas recently. Yes. And we actually went to dinner with them. Well, the first night we went to dinner with the group out at the lodge. 
Now they started to cut out early and go to the club, which again, we've been feel like we've been running around a lot and kind of cutting back our club time. So we were getting ready to go home and there was another birthday party going on of swinger people at the lodge. And we knew half of them. And I kept saying, I think that's another swinger group. So when our group disappeared, we chatted with a few of them and then ended up spending the evening with one of the couples for the rest of the night. Yep. I have to say, I did behave, right? I did act vanilla. Well, you knew you'd be kicked out of my favorite eating restaurant. So you knew better. Hey, I was doing the best I could. She was wearing a little mini skirt, no panties and kept giving me a lap dance. And I was being as vanilla as I could with a painful erection in public. So I thought I did good. (laughs) I was proud of myself. I kept watching, giving you the eyes. Like if you get me kicked out of this restaurant, we are going to have the biggest issue. If you don't get your steak and lobster, I'll be in trouble. That's right. So we had another date with a couple that was in for the party, and we met them at Naughty New Orleans a couple years ago, and have corresponded with them over social media. Yep. A funny thing, when we were talking at dinner, she is a former podcaster as well, so we kind of got to nerd out, and it's odd talking to people about the podcast, so we kind of keep it under wraps, except they knew of us from it, so it was fun to have a podcast kind of conversation. Yeah. One reason I love the couple dates is because you get to know little things about people, you know, how they play, why they play that way, or what they're, you know, how long they've been in the lifestyle. Like, I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. We usually find that our perception of people is off, too. Not that it's ever bad, but when they start talking about how they play and their dynamic, it's usually not what we think. I'm sure people just hearing us and meeting us in person probably doesn't realize what our dynamic is until they start drilling into it. Yeah. And that's what I, that's the part I love about the lifestyle is it's so interesting because it's not a one size fits all. Everybody has their own spectrum that they're working in when it comes to lifestyle. So I think we've covered quite a bit on the eye candy parties before, what they're about, what they're like, typical night at Colette's. Everybody was dressed to the nines and in their fancy outfits. It was holographic night. Yep. So we were in some shiny reflective stuff. But one thing I kind of wanted to touch on this, that after the party, we've kind of realized that everybody, like I said, has their own go-to on what they're looking for at the parties. We've noticed these parties recently. Some are there just to take selfies and look pretty. Some are there to watch. Some of them are there to dance. Depending even what party you're at, some of them are there for drugs and alcohol. Some of them are there to fuck. It's kind of a different scene when you go to some of these parties as far as the dynamics of what everybody is looking for. Yeah. And that's a good thing is that you can find something, whatever you're looking for that night, you can find that somewhere. We also said for the most part, all of it is welcome in the lifestyle. You can go to the sexy environment and you don't necessarily have to be in the middle of the fucking. Again, we're not big at fucking at the club. We, we took a little couple rounds around the playrooms and didn't see much going on all night. I think we spent more time at the dance floor and catching up with some friends we haven't seen in the last three or four months. Yep. Now let's talk about one thing that we don't really find to us is welcome in the lifestyle, and that's the drug aspect. Now with that said, let's do a little disclaimer. We do not do drugs. Now we are okay if you choose to smoke marijuana or to do other stuff. We're not saying not to. We're just saying that if you have to be even kind of the same as drinking, if you have to be fucked up to be in the lifestyle, that's where our issue is. It's, it's kind of a grace situation, though. You know, if someone said, you know, I do coke or whatever, I think I'd probably have to say, how often is it something that runs your life? I guess we'd have to say, what drugs are we comfortable with people taking that we would keep in our circle? What do you think? Uh, marijuana doesn't bother me at all. And I would even recreational coke is okay. But to me, when you start doing shooting up, or you start doing unsafe stuff, or 
you can't remember from the drug use or heroin, meth, then that's when I'm out. Or you need it to function. And again, we're, we're pretty straight laced. We don't mess with any of it, but we, we realize people do as well. But we also kind of probably won't be running with them too often, no. but we'll party with them. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like people that do marijuana, I, I go smoke a joint. I don't care. Do what you want to do. I don't care. It doesn't I, affect me. I couldn't even tell you what states it's legal in now. I, I assume in Texas half the time it is legal, but I also realize it's not. It's not. We're around it so much. I mean, there's nowhere we go anymore that you can't smell marijuana. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of one of those, it is what it is. We're not going to be doing it, but uh, I'm not going to judge you for it. Now, where I was kind of going with that, on the topic of parties, we recently got a call from a couple that had been to a party we were scheduled to go to, and due to last minute travel changes, we backed out of. Do you remember that phone call we got? Yeah. They basically said that we had seen you guys were signed up, but we wanted to give you a heads up uh, because we knew that you guys didn't go, but we did go. And there were basically date rape drugs being passed around. We've heard these stories throughout the years of this kind of stuff. And so it's something that it's always a fine line of you don't want to discourage someone to go to a party or this and that. But if you know you're seen as not to be drugged, then it's a, it's a heads up. Yeah, the couple that was giving us this heads up, we just met them recently, but I feel they're probably on the same level of us of who they are and what they're about. But you know, when they called that and said, you know, they were girls walking out of rooms saying, I just woke up and don't know what happened. And they were saying, even from the drugs we mentioned, there was some hard stuff that wouldn't even, you know, harder than your Coke and that stuff like that. Stuff that they just said, hey, we choose not to be around that. Yeah. Now, what was odd, I reached out to another friend of ours that was there that, Again, I consider them a little bit upscale and said, what do you think about the party? And they thought it was great. So I, I'm guessing they probably didn't partake in any of that, but. They might not have noticed. Right. Because, I mean, that's what I've noticed. That a lot of times people don't realize what's going on around them at clubs because they're focusing on them having fun or them dancing. You know, they might not realize some of the other stuff where we come from a background of you come from the bar scene and I come from the, I was a single female at a bar scene. So we are a little more cautious and aware of that stuff. We notice it more than anyone else, I think. We people watch quite a bit and yep. we're pretty aware of our surroundings. And as you notice, we didn't name names on that one. We didn't see it firsthand, but it's one of those that we will probably not go to any of their future events. Which that goes back to what we always say, just be careful. Watch what, you know, make sure you have lids on. Make sure you're careful about where you set your drink down or even your bottle. Because we've heard that story, you know, where people have spiked bottles. But just make sure your stuff's safe and you're safe. You know, that just goes back to that. And as hard as it is, don't take drinks from strangers. Yeah. We've seen, we've had that happen to us firsthand. Again, yeah. in the bar scene, that was one thing I'm sure you as a single woman, you had to watch for. Yep. I knew girls from the bar scene that they would not let a guy buy them a drink unless they walked to the bar That's and watched the bartender was. make it. That's how I was. It's, it's, it's sad you have to take care of your own safety like that, but be aware, people. Yep. Now, I just realized something this past weekend, and we hadn't really talked about it, but we got stood up for a day date. <laughs> I think we get stood up a lot. Well, this one was particularly noticeable. A couple was coming into town and said they wanted to hook up with us, which we were occupied Saturday night with a neighborhood function. We had a yeah. Easter egg, Easter egg hunt out. and crawfish boil. So we were out from that, but we said, hey, we can meet you the day before, early that morning or the day after. And they said, okay, we'll, you know, we'll let you know. And I actually just kind of shot a message out, said, hey, let us know when you're ready and we'll be around. Never heard from them. 
which honestly, I didn't expect that from this couple. No. The only issue I had with it is I was trying to put them into my schedule because I was cooking desserts. I was cooking other things for the cookout. So I was like timing wise trying to figure out where I could cook and schedule and kept waiting and waiting. And then it, you know. Well, I know at one point Saturday, we finally said, okay, if they haven't called by this time, we're yeah. we're just going to have to tell them, sorry, can't mess with you if they call from here on. But with that said, we've kind of been in a rut. We've mentioned that at the clubs a couple of times, you know, based on what I was saying, people are looking for at the clubs and that not really being our scene. And some of the dates we've been set up on, we've been in a little bit of a rut. I've kind of noticed though, that a lot of the people, especially at the clubs, they're just excited to see each other, that it's not a lot of, I don't want to say there's not a lot of hooking up at the moment, but they're just excited to talk to each other and see each other and be out and about, I think. I, I'm not noticing, like, it, it's a different atmosphere is how I feel compared to maybe a year ago. So you're saying it's more of a reconnecting in a party than it is a throwdown and Yeah, I think so. Bed? Yeah. Well, that's, that's understandable. I know people are coming out of their quarantines. Yep. But with that said, on a rut and us looking at doing some new fishing, one place we can do some fishing at is... Altplayground.net. So we are still active on that site. Still love it very much. We hope you come by and check out... Our community page. We have a community page. Ask us questions. Well, help web chat with us. We do some yes. uh, We do some cam sex with you. Right, babe? Uh, we'll get you into it. <laughs> like you have trouble getting naked. I can get naked, but I, it's so weird that I, I struggle with that kind of stuff. It's like phone sex. I just shut down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like texting people. What do I respond back to them? I'm like, I'm not going to talk dirty to this guy. That's your job. I get so like insecure and goofy about it. Well, APG has wanted us to bring up the fact that they are now starting up some meet and greets now that everybody's getting out and getting active. A couple places they'll be hosting some meet and greets are Detroit, Florida, the Mid-Atlantic States. We're looking at some in Texas as well as Oklahoma, which the date on that one will be May 15th. So check the boards. And the Oklahoma City one will be hosted by Kinky Frame of Mind. So go out, check them out. They're another APG podcasters. Tell them where it's going to be. It's at the Club OKC. So, one last thing we want to let the cat out of the bag on, but not give it too much away. Looks like we will be co-hosting a big podcast event here at the end of the year. In October, yes. So, clear your schedules. Follow us down to Florida, where it's going to be nice and warm. October. We hope. I'm sure it will be. I think it's beautiful in Florida year-round. Yep. Come out. Hang out with us. Be more details on that soon, but keep looking for that. Mr. Flamingo will let you do a shot off his body. I'll even shave it beforehand, depending <laughs> on where you want to shoot it from. <laughs> All right, so we've been hem-hawing around doing this episode for some time. We just decided that now would be the time to go ahead and hit it head on and get a few things out there about us. Well, me specifically. I'm going to say not so much me. I guess this is more my topic than yours, yes, isn't it? and that's the reason I'm kind of letting you take the lead today. Well, why don't you go ahead and give them a heads up what we will be talking about today. Well, Mr. Flamingo struggles and always has since I've met him. With hair growth? Yes. Let's be serious. <laughs> With with social anxiety. And so especially since everyone's kind of getting out quite a bit more, we figured this would be a perfect time to kind of talk about it. And with the social anxiety, we kind of want to go the route of in the lifestyle social anxiety. Mr. Flamingo's having anxiety just talking about this. Yeah, I'm getting anxiety about doing an episode about anxiety. How weird is that? So if you hear dead air, you know what's going on. So why don't you go ahead and start off? You're the medical person. Why don't you give us the heads up of what it means to be an introvert and an extrovert? Because we'll be talking about that quite a bit throughout this show. Okay. 
Well, let's talk about introverts, which is more of what Mr. Flamingo is. They tend to be more into their internal thoughts, which is a struggle sometimes. They tend to be reserved, withdrawal in a social setting. And they definitely try to avoid being the center of a social setting. Let me put it that way. (laughs) Sometimes you'll notice them sitting on the edge of the building, like against the walls. Being wallflowers. Yep. Or they'll sit down on the couches by themselves. Or they'll be at the bar by themselves. Going to the bathroom a lot by themselves. It's just because they're trying to find a comfort spot. Now, opposite of that is an extrovert, which is what I am. And I try not to be, (laughs) but it's someone that likes to be in the middle of everything. They tend to be outspoken, uh, outgoing, absolutely love being around others. They tend to seek out the social interaction. They want to go and be in the middle of it. They're the ones out there dancing, dancing on the stage, dancing on the pole, talking to everyone, working the room. Just... That's me. I have a hard time getting you off your ass sometimes. Come on now. That's not always you though, is it? No, no. Now, let me ask you a question. Can you be introvert with extrovert traits? Yes. Yes, but yes, but you have one that you follow the majority of the time. Depending on the mood, sometimes I'll be kind of in a funk or something, so I do get more introvert and kind of back up. But most of the time, if I start engaging or relaxed or having a good time, I am out there. Where you are the opposite, you really have to focus on getting out of your comfort zone and out of your thought process. I may be getting ahead of ourselves, but I say we both kind of have to wind each other up to get us to the spot. You know, sometimes I have to get you going to where you are that extrovert. And then sometimes you have to wind me up to get me out of my introvert phase. Yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit more in just a second. So I guess we should probably talk about a little bit my struggles growing up. I mean, this isn't something that's happened overnight. I'd say it's something that I've battled with my whole life and really haven't realized until recently. I was telling you one time that I can remember even as a child when you know I would go to slumber parties and it would be someone that I'd spent the night with before. But when there was, say, 10 of us at a slumber party, I would start having a little mini freak out and literally make myself sick to where my parents had to come pick me up. It wasn't that I was scared of the dark or scared of spending that with friends. It just, looking back on it now, I really felt that it happened because I didn't feel like I belonged. You know, maybe I didn't feel like I was good enough. Maybe I didn't feel like I was popular enough, whatever. But I can remember also the feelings that when I got home that I was missing a lot in life. So I I can really say that I've gone through a lot of my life with those feelings. I take myself out of the scenario and then I regret not being there, which is probably a key term to being an introvert. Well, you just got in your head too much about what was happening and worrying about everything instead of just relaxing and being involved. Well, through high school is the same way. You know, yep. you, you meet people that I've gone to school with and they said, oh, you know, he was a really popular guy, which, you know, you ask me my opinion of it. I was a loner. I bounced between all the groups. I didn't really feel like I fit in with any of them. I feel I was well liked just because I think I treated people decently. I never really felt like I was part of the in crowd. So to me, that, you know, not being part of the pop- the people I perceived as a popular crowd made me just have this personal shell where I felt like I didn't belong at all. Yep, I can see that. You never had to deal with that, did you? No. I- Has it always been easy for you just to be bouncy and outgoing? Yes, um, but I did struggle with kind of fitting in because I didn't, I bounced around so much to different groups that I didn't make true connections with people. And sometimes that bothers me because I don't have the 
high school best friend or I don't have, you know, because I ran with FFA people. I ran with cheerleaders. I ran with the football players, like every group. I was friends with everyone. I didn't have the, my one person. Which is kind of a cool trait, but that's also, if you look at how we function as a couple now, we don't go to the same club and hang out with the same people. I mean, yep. we, we bounce around the different clubs. We bounce around to different groups. We hardly ever do the same thing two weekends in a row. So I think we carry those traits over a little bit to our adulthood. Yeah, we do. I know this is kind of odd, but your first marriage, your first wife, and you were a lot alike. It's weird for me to say your first wife because most wife. people are like, screw that first wife, but we get along. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was telling somebody the story. I said, wife number one, and they said, it's all you refer to her that way. But no, you're totally right. She was a introvert as well, probably more of an introvert than me. She just particularly doesn't like people. So I think getting together with her, you know, we had our comfort zone of being in our own little egg together, but we had no real circle of friends. We could get along with people and function, but we never went out to clubs. We never went out to parties. We nope. we lived a pretty hermit life, for lack yep. of a better term. So I would say all that changed and flipped the script when you came into the picture. Yep. And I come bouncing in. We've talked a little bit about mine. How have you struggled or what changes have you had to make being a extrovert dealing with an introvert? How did it hinder you when we first got together? For me, it's there's no easy way to say this. It's kind of hard because... You know, I don't want to say I've lost my identity, but I have taken a step back over the years, especially when we go to clubs or we go to these parties. And the reason I say that is because it took us many years to figure out our balance between each other. And one thing for me is I would have to make sure you're okay and you're comfortable before I go off and bounce and before I go dance, before I'm here and I'm there and I'm always having to, you know, kind of check in or make sure you're still in a good headset of you're comfortable before, you know, so over the years I have lost a lot of that because I think, oh, I've got to wait, I've got to do this, make sure he's comfortable before I can just come in and be like, I'm here, bitches. Had lost though, right? Because that's kind of where I was wanting to go with this. You know, when we started out, you spent, like you said, an introvert does not want to be the center of the tension. You are usually woman on fire, crazy squirrel when we, when you get going. Yes. So that, I, I can't say it made me uncomfortable because when I picked you up, that was kind of what I liked about you is you had yeah. this, had this big personality. But I think when we got in the club scene, I don't know, it just, it made it. We bickered a little bit about it, though, because yeah. I I felt like you were like, you're leaving me, you're over here, you're leave. who is this, you're leaving me, where now it's not as much. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, you couldn't entertain unless you were within a foot of me. Yeah. So over the years, we have really worked on that. But those were some of the struggles we had, you know, coming into it for the first five years of our lifestyle. Now, in the last couple, we literally had a, a little come to Jesus meeting five or six, seven years ago. Yep. Before we moved and started getting active again, where it, it just wasn't working for us. And I was kind of being like, you're not, you know, you're not much fun anymore. And you literally said, well, you have been hindering me. You know, you, yep. your, your anxiety has been so bad since we started this that I can't be myself. And, you know, yeah. I, I'll be trying to tell you to go have fun, but you were motherly. And well, yeah. And I felt like the minute that I would go and have fun, that you would get upset with me because I wasn't right there with you. And then you would be like, I'm sitting here by myself. No one wants to talk to me. And then you would get in your head and start thinking away. And then that would just ruin the night for me. So I'd be like, every time I start to have fun, then I have to dial it back in, you know. So that took a while. We had to come to Jesus meeting about it, figured out what works for the both of us. So after we had our communication and expressed 
what it was that was, you know, holding us back. I was wanting to watch you have more fun. You didn't think you could have as much fun with me right beside me. Yep. So what changes did we make? Well, one of the things that we said is I wanted you to at least talk to five people in the room, which seems crazy, (laughs) but it works for you. Right. And we come in, I would say we come into a club or a party. I usually stay with you for at least 10, 15 minutes. I mean, not very long. Anymore, I feel like we walk in and it's just, I think we have that talk literally on the way there. You know, how we feel in the night or you move to party. We can kind of judge where our personal levels are. But, you know, sometimes we hit the door and I, I think uh, it, it's on comfort level. Yeah. H- within five minutes where we've checked in, we're good. We check in a lot, you know, like you'll kind of like look at me and give me the OK sign or I'm kind of like, you know, kind of, are you OK? Are you not? You know, so we, we've learned am, those am I making cues. Out, am I making out with anybody yet? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually helped you out quite a bit, too. If you are able to make out with people, you're you're good. <laughs> Give me some whiskey and uh, some FaceTime with somebody and I'm good. Yep. So I've, I've kind of developed into a functioning introvert, for lack of a better term. And that's kind of one thing we wanted to get out there today is there there is help, but there are steps you kind of have to take to get to this point. Well, I was just thinking through as we've been talking a couple of the real life scenarios that we've had to really express how bad things have been for me. You know, you covered when we first got together, I came from a bouncer scene or the club scene rather. Yep. For me as an introvert, you know, I still wasn't being a social face out there, but I was in the scene and could kind of hang back in the shadows. And that was kind of the role I took. And, and it worked good for me for a while. But that does not work in the lifestyle very well. Yeah. You don't have to be the center of attention, but you have to put one foot in front of the other and make some steps to yes. get up, to the, get up yes. to the bar. So the other one I think about is we attend an event called the Decadence Ball two or three New Year's Eves ago, and everything was off to a good start. We had a little room party that had about 30 people come by and we were handing out shots. Now, with that said, everybody that came in, I was in a party mode, so I was drinking a shot with everybody that came in. So probably 30 shots or more over the course of a couple hours. I was feeling pretty good. So we make it down to the hotel lobby part of the party, and you went outside while a friend smoked a cigarette or something? Yeah, I I walked out with her so she didn't have to go out by herself to smoke. So I was sitting there at our table, literally with a group of people we knew. And for some reason, I went in this little freak out mode. Where were you at? And it wasn't that I was thinking you're out fucking somebody or something. I just, my, my safety blanket wasn't there. Yep. So what was probably 10 minutes felt like an hour and I had a little spastic breakdown and went back to our room. Well, and that's the thing is that, like we said earlier, you know, we do the five minute rule. We kind of let you adjust for about five minutes where we, we had got there. I immediately went out to go smoke with her which I didn't smoke. I just sat with her so she didn't have to go outside by herself. And what's so crazy is that it took me like an hour to figure out where you were because there were so many people. I was having to walk, you know, into the different rooms and down the hallways. And I'm like, where the hell did he go? And everyone's like, I don't know. I don't know. He was just standing here a minute ago. He was standing here. He just freaked out because you were gone. And then I was just like, he knew where I went. (laughs) Now on that same topic, I've seen it from a friend's perspective. We were at a party in Oklahoma and one of our friend's wife disappeared to go do something. Again, I don't even think it was play. She just disappeared. No, she went to go to the bathroom to the restroom. Okay. And I could literally see it building up in him. And I know he suffers from PTSD and anxiety and all that. And it was literally like watching myself going through him of, you know, where's my safety blanket? Where's she at? Is she coming back? I think somebody that's got an introvert personality, things go through their head that probably wouldn't even make sense to a normal person. You agree? So if, if I was to tell you what was going through my head, you would probably say, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. But well, again, it's, it's kind of like it's, this. You don't ask what's in my head. Because it's usually not relevant. 
Mana feels relevant. That's the deal. It's purple polka dotted rainbows. <laughs> so we're going to have ADHD for another episode. Can you keep your shit on track while we're talking about my problems? <laughs> Where were we? You just fucked me off my pattern here. I know. It, it's funny that when you are able to realize that you have anxiety and then you acknowledge it and then you can start to notice it in other people. I know that you were trying to help him like, dude, she she went to the bathroom. Everything's good. You know, like it's interesting to be able to pick it up. Well, that's funny that you brought up noticing the patterns of it because for a number of years, I just thought I was a freak. You know, I just thought that something was wrong with me where I don't interact with people. I don't deserve to interact with people. You just always have that stuff. One thing that really has helped me is with the invent of the internet is some of the support groups, even some of the uh, Facebook groups that we're on. I've started following some of the introvert personality pages. And when I see similar comments from people as well as memes on it of what you should feel and what you should expect, makes me realize I'm not quite the freak I thought I was all this time. A lot of people don't realize, I think the internet has helped quite a bit, especially with the mental health, making it more acceptable and understandable. I mean, were you aware that, because we laugh about this, I have OCD. Did you know that that's actually a form of anxiety? Yeah, I have a real bad issue about where I have anxiety, like breakdowns if my stuff is not right. Did I tell you I put a spoon in the wrong place after I emptied the dishwasher this morning? I I can't handle it. You're going to have to stop recording right now and go change it. Let's talk about a couple things that we've mentioned in our discussion about my problems of Mm -hmm. things that can help people with anxiety. Uh, One of them we've talked about, support groups. Yeah, definitely. And especially if you're you're married or you have a partner, make sure that you really talk with them, talk with your support group, your your spouse or someone that needs to be there too. Find some of these groups on Facebook and literally just, you know, join in the conversations. It it's it's no cost if you wanted to get go that route. And you'd be surprised just coming out and saying, Hey, I suffer from this and hear other people that have issues. Maybe some of them have some good tips to help you work around it. I've been amazed at just the personal growth I've got from expressing myself on social media in a safe environment. Disclaimer, definitely reach out, medical help, anything like that if you need it. If you feel something is someone's leading you the wrong way, use common sense on some of this. Just saying this just because we're saying follow Facebook, just make sure you're following it correctly. (laughs) The other thing, you're kind of building off that. If you can get it, uh, counseling. There is nothing to be ashamed of, of taking responsibility for your own personal mental health. I've, no, been, no. I've been through counseling when I went through uh, my first divorce. I mean, I was having bad anger and suicidal and all these issues. So I s- sought out help for it and it, it really made a difference. There have been times since we've been together where you've suggested I should maybe schedule an appointment or two to speak with someone. Yes. And I've, I've gone several times. If you have anxiety about the lifestyle, there's actually psychiatrists in the lifestyle. So they see they they know the lifestyle portion of it and how the anxiety works and can tie in, you know, they're, they're good references. There are becoming more people that are in the mental health field that are verging into the lifestyle, as she said. Yeah. So they understand, like when I say that they're not just active members, well, they are, but they're also focused on the lifestyle and the quirks of it. Right. If you went to your mental health, if you went it. to your church <laughs> professional and said, me and my wife are having sex with other people and I'm having these feelings, it probably wouldn't be looked good on. But if no. you went to a mental health professional that is involved in the lifestyle, they said, okay, we can give you some other options to look at. So that's, yes, yes. Is that where you're going with it? Yes. <laughs> so that's like, what <laughs> I'm trying to say. I'm trying to make sure that that's defined there. Well, one last one that we 
want to touch on lightly. And again, we're not here to offer any medical advice, but medication can help in situations like this. Yes, sometimes you do need medication. I will go ahead and say I took medication for it a couple years ago. I was in a high stress management job. And at one point, I literally could not function without shaking throughout the day. And again, I was probably making up scenarios in my head that would probably never happen. But we did some light medication and it made a world of difference. Yeah. I have since got out of that situation of work and no longer need it. But hey, don't be ashamed to do that. One other thing I wanted to chime in on, you will be surprised that if you put yourself out there for counseling and can talk openly about it, that you will probably become somebody's a hero because I, I can guarantee you at some point somebody's going to pop up and say, look, I'm having these problems. What was your counselor's name? Yeah, exactly. I think too much stigma has been put on mental health issues that people are afraid to talk about it. Hey, that just brought up another thought. This is one of these episodes that when we were jotting it down, what we wanted to cover was not a fun one. We enjoy our fun ones where we talk about parties and play and all that. But I'll be honest, it seems like we get the most response from people on the internet over topics like this that are... It's real life stuff. Yeah. It's stuff that you deal with and people in the lifestyle, there's so many different kinds of people and people are going through different stages of life and different mental headspace that stuff like this topic needs to be talked about. Well, with that said, I want to give a shout out to all the people that reached out to us after our last real episode about snark and bitchiness in the lifestyle. Again, it's one of these non-fun ones that we do, but we had so many people reach out and say, well, that really helped me because we're dealing with this from a couple. We're dealing with this from a club owner. We're dealing with this from family. We're so, single. Yeah. But when they, when they hear somebody else talk about it and literally turn your cheek and just keep being you. Try to be the good person you want to be. That's what makes all this worthwhile for us to turn on the microphones for. Yeah, definitely. So thank you guys. We, we had some criticism on it, but the amount of people that reached out to us that said, hey, I, I didn't see the necessary for the criticism. You know, we, we love you guys and thanks for supporting us. So now that that's out of the way, let's talk about a couple tips that can help introverts navigate through the lifestyle. Now, I'm going to give a quick shout out to the website swingershelp.com. They did an article about nine tips to help introverts navigate the lifestyle. And we're going to cut touch on a couple of these. They gave us permission to use it. So thanks to them. First one, you and I kind of debated this one back and forth a little bit, was hosting as an introvert. What's your thoughts? I can see the plus and the negatives. For me, especially dealing with you, when we hosted, it did help you. Go ahead and discuss that. If, because it goes back to that rule of you have to talk to five people a night. It made you come out of your shell, made you talk to people hosting, but you had a purpose. You had, I'm the host. I'm going to make sure everyone's getting drinks. Everyone's meeting people. Everyone's here. Everyone, it gave you a purpose. Thank you. And I'm also kind of competitive by nature. Now I was talking to a coworker and I, over dinner one time, I was talking about being a bad introvert, which there are not any good introvert salesmen. They have to be outgoing. They have to be positive. They have to be go-getters. When I was telling him that, he said, I have trouble believing that. He said, you walk into a room like militant. Hey, I'm here to teach you, you know, basking my knowledge. You know, nothing conceited about it. But he said, you know, you take control when you walk into a room. So for you to label yourself an introvert, I can't see that. And I said, well, when it comes to business and making money, I'm competitive. So kind of for that reason, like you were saying, me hosting a meet and greet, I have a job to do. So yeah, that's the way you look at it. But I will say this on kind of what you were just saying is that a lot of times when we go into a room, if I start up, cause we are, we learned this early on. If I come in and I'm like, Hey bitches, I'm here. Let's party. Cause I used to do that. You automatically shut down. Like you automatically kind of step back and we're quiet and you were like, you know, 
So you didn't command the room where I did. And now it's kind of you come in and start talking to all your groups of people and this and that. So since I calmed down a little bit, Hmm, I'd have never thought of it, but, you know, kind of going by the mentality of it, maybe it was just because I can't hang with that kind of energy that you bring. So, (laughs) you know, that's I never realized it till you said that. Yeah. And what's funny is that when I actually relax, most people think I'm like megaly fucked up. And you're like, no, she is sober. And that's why we, I mean, if you notice when I do start to get crazy, I quit drinking. So back to the hosting part, hosting and meet and greets. But what what about hosting maybe like a private thing? You know, hey, we want to be in this, but I can't be in a big group. And we see people like that on the internet, know people. Do you think hosting couples for dates is a good deal? Yeah, I do. But I do think one thing that we had talked about early on is have a list of questions or things you want to get out when you do go on dates. Don't be like, where do your who how many kids you have? Where do your kids go to school? Don't be creepy about your questions. But you know, like just negotiate questions, you know, that would be entertaining to another couple if you're gonna host that way. And that gives you something to fall back on if you start to be, you know, oh, there's dead space. Let me ask my next question. Going back to the original, I don't think that a introvert hosting a meet and greet's a good idea. There's a lot that goes on. We worked through it. Yes. I guess we're a good team, but I don't think that's a good scenario. Because those can be overwhelming. Yes. It depends on the size of the meet and greet and not in New Orleans. There's no way you could host that. No, that's insane. Too much work for me. Yes. So one of the next tips, your partner is your ally and also put wingman. Yep. And that's what I said earlier. Make sure you discuss your feelings with your partner. You've got to communicate, even if it's kind of off. I don't know about this, you know, just little clues or hints for your partner. If I was not the type to just walk up and say, hi, my name's Lee. Let's have a conversation. You can wingman me into a conversation. I mean, you can introduce me to girls. You can introduce me to guys. However that goes, you know, vice versa. I've seen you be like, oh, that guy's cute. I'm like, hey, then we can go talk to him. Well, and that's the thing is that when I say I bounce around the room, I've already talked to 20 people to your five. And I'm like, oh, you like cars? Okay, well, here, my husband likes cars. Come over here. Come meet this guy. You know, and so that's kind of where I do wingman you a lot. Like, go over there and talk to that chick. She's sitting on the couch by herself. On the your partner's your wingman, we've changed our styles over the years. I used to drag you, unfortunately, into being a wallflower and took yep. you out of the limelight, which when we kind of did our flip and said, okay, we're going to go balls deep in this thing. That with that said, be as crazy as you want. And if I feel the need to bring you down, we'll have a talk. But chances are, I don't think I have yet. You've been out there as much as you've wanted. I don't think I've ever put a leash on you yet. No, I I will say, though, sometimes when we go to clubs, you do kind of hold my hand and go through just for a little bit till you kind of get a feel of the room. You know, like we're going to take our drinks or here or there. It's just it's for a brief moment. I don't think you realize it. But I, you know, like I said, it's our five minutes and then you're good. Now, I said, you know, the five minutes where you are holding my hand and we're kind of working through the room till you get your comfort and stuff. With that said, we have been told that people are like, oh, you guys are never apart. Well, technically, we are only together in that brief minute where it looks like that because then for the rest of the night, you're on one side, I'm on one side, I'm over here, you're over there, you know, like we do our cue check-ins and this and that, but you know, you're not holding my hand, dragging me through the club at that point. It's just for that five minutes of let's touch in and we get comfortable and then you move on. And, you know, now it's been several years where we know that you can be over there talking for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I'm over here bouncing around and we just kind of have a you know, like checking, like nod heads, like, you okay? 
We also check in and say, hey, are there any targets we're looking at here? Anybody yeah. we need to double back on? Because occasionally you'll meet a couple that we need to further things with or vice versa, which is a good way to work the room. Yeah, you meet a lot more people that way. You also mentioned that people are kind of surprised that haven't known our full transition or my full transition, that when they see us now, they'll see you and be like, where's he at? And you're like, uh, he's over there with those girls in that corner or something like that. <laughs> yeah. that people kind of freak out that, I, you know, we're at that point now that I just... We kind of go our separate ways. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely getting a lot better. It's getting more comfortable. It's taken a long time. And it's, I'll be honest, it's one thing that I've had to work at. It's one yep. thing I never try to tell another introvert is mine's worse than yours or vice versa. No, you can't Because do it's, that. it's not a contest. But there are, as bad as yours is, there are steps that, baby steps even, that if you put them in place, you will advance to where you'd like to be. Well, and you can find, you know, you need to advance to your comfort zone. That's the thing is that you'll always have anxiety. You will. And I still do. Yes. But you have comfort zones where you know you can't throw me in the middle of a this scenario. I'm going to have a big time meltdown. But you have little steps where you can go up and you can go down the steps. You know, you're just kind of there. Let's move on to the next one. Role play. Let's break out the whips and chains on this one. I don't think that's what they were meaning to you. No. <laughs> What do you think that they mean on this one? Because I laugh at I, I laugh because that's what I go to in this lifestyle. You think throw a wig on? <laughs> Can I be the plumber? Can I check your pipes? Well, this is something that we do. Uh, at, you know, kind of going back to our I have to talk to five people is practice, 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 practice communication. Yep. Hey, that that's not just between you and I. That's between us and other people, as well as flirting. Those are skills that you need to work on. Well, you're looking at me. Yes, I know. I need to work on my flirting. You mean you're not perfect? No, my flirting sucks. My flirting game's bad. Good thing you're cute. Yeah. So how can you work on communication at an event? The one thing that we've said, you've got to talk, you know, at least talk to five different people, go to different areas, you know, talk to the different variety of people. Even if someone's in a group, go up and talk to them. But how many people do we see at the club that are sitting in the same spot on the same couch the whole night? Yeah. Now, a couple of years ago at Naughty New Orleans, there was somebody on one of the group pages after it said, I was at Naughty New Orleans for five days. I didn't meet a single person. And I finally popped up and I said, bullshit. I said, as an introvert that met a ton of people from all over the world, you literally could not go to that event and not meet someone. Well, you met people I didn't meet. And vice versa. But what what I pitched these people, I said, that was a big hotel. You had to have ridden the elevator at least twice a day. So that's one up and one down each time. There's a 50% chance somebody else was on that elevator. All that it takes is a simple, hey, where are you guys from? Are you having a good time? You know, if you hid in the corner of the elevator like a bellboy, you probably aren't going to speak to somebody. But everybody that was at that convention was there to meet and hook up with other people. So for you to say you have been up and down the elevator 10 times over a five-day period and didn't get to speak to a single person, I call bullshit on. Well, and that's what's crazy is that a lot of times you see the same people in the elevator. So it's not like you can just, you could do a hello, but then the second time, you know, like you're always like, oh, I had to go get my wife a coffee, grumpy butt. And then you see, then I'd see somebody with a lanyard at Starbucks and say, hey, where are you guys from? Are you having a good time? And you meet a new friend. Yeah, there you go. I mean, there's, every time you turn around, there's more and more opportunities. You just have to speak to people. Now, when I became single after wife number one and was struggling meeting girls, one of the ladies at my work bought me a book called Always Talk to Strangers. And basically, that was just the uh, mentality of it. If you see somebody, work on your communication skills and talk to them. As an introvert and trying to put that into practice, it's surprising how easy it is. Me, me living on the road by myself, you know, four days a week for travel, I have to have interaction. I'll talk to the hotel personnel. I'll talk to the restaurant people. 
you know, the, the girl at the bar where I'm having dinner. That's that's how I maintain some semblance of humanity. I'm laughing because I'm thinking I need a book that says, do not talk to strangers. <laughs> like, bitch, quit talking to them. We've got places to be. <laughs> That'll be my next book, all right. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm driving off. Please get in the car. <laughs> so, yeah, you talk to a lot of damn people. And I, you, you know their whole life story. I that, do. I do. It's crazy. There's that difference between me and you. People just uh, unleash whatever they have on you. <laughs> I like it. So let's talk about another one. Simple compliments. If a guy came up and told you your tits were great, would that start a conversation? This is what's hard for me because I don't take compliments very well. I don't flirt very well. So I shut down on this stuff. Okay. But if the guy came up and said, hey, that's a cute outfit. I loved your hair. How many compliments did you get on your hair yeah. that started conversations the other night? Yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, thanks. And you that's, know. that's non-creepy though too, no. wasn't it? No. Yeah. I think as an introvert and one that sucked with women before, that was something I had to develop. There, there's no cheesy pickup line. You know, one thing I've started with women is what are you into? And they're like, oh, I'm like, no, I'm not talking to bed. What do y'all do? You into Jeeps, into guns, food. And then, you know, that kind of breaks down the ice, you know, just showing that, hey, I'm not, not talking about getting in your pants. You know, what, what you do, what do you and your husband do when you're not doing this stuff? And yeah. it, it's, it's a sincere, hell that we might find another hot rod person like that. That we can spend time with. So I think that, you know, that's just a a basic communication skill there. Now we talk about our, we have to speak to five to 10 people. Now, sometimes we get in that eggshell where if we don't talk to five or 10 people, what happens to me? You're just like, oh, this was a fucking nightmare. This was a waste of my time. I get more anxiety. You do. So sometimes (laughs) even the limitations you put on yourself can cause anxiety. (laughs) Now we talked an episode before last about going to a meet and greet in Houston. Now when we went in, it was a bunch of people from Florida and so on that were getting reintroduced after being locked down for yeah. quarantine. Yep. So kind of going back to being an introvert and trying to talk to people, we tried to talk to people and they just say hello, but wouldn't let us in the conversation. That one as an introvert really, you know, hit me in the chest because it'd been a long time since we've been isolated like that. Well, and I have to say, even for me, it was hard because I'm like normally accepted into conversations And I was like, why are they not wanting to talk to us? (laughs) Going back to the tips, we probably could have gone to the host and said, hey, is there somebody we need to meet? You know, give us two couples and do us a quick introduction. Use that option if you're a true introvert. Now, you can't work the host all night. You can't have them ask them to introduce you to everybody in the room. But most good hosts that are used to doing this, they'll they'll pick out somebody and say, hey, you need to be, meet Frank and Jane. Yeah, or you can say, hey, I'm looking for this kind of person tonight. Is there anyone here like that? Or, you know, they'll kind of gear you like, hey, I'm into guitars. Is anyone else into guitars that you know of? And they'll kind of gear you towards someone that is or that knows someone else. But it all goes back to that one thing. You have to take the simple steps to get where you want. One other tip that they included that I really like, and that was one thing we had to learn on our own, create a private recharge space. This is actually good for everyone, but more so introverts. We do that a lot when we well, when we go to, let's use the pool party as an example. Yep. Which on the pool party, we'll have our room set up with our drinks and our lights and our stuff for the week. Now we'll also have a little canopy out poolside. Now one thing that I do is I don't take my ice chest out to poolside most of the time. Between drinks, I will go back to the room and use the bathroom and literally just recharge because it is a sensory overload. The music, the heat, the people. So, Where I'm like in the pool and not leaving. Yeah, you'll throw me your glass and say, go I'm make like, me another Mai Tai. But for me, that's one thing that I've found has really helped. We've been to big events like Naughty New Orleans where we've tried to stay immersed in the activity the whole time. And I've literally gotten goofy. 
And I heard a couple other podcasters say they got the same sensory overload and yep. had to do the same thing. So even at Naughty New Orleans, we'll schedule a day where we do some sightseeing in the French Quarter or go to the aquarium. I mean, we or dinner. I mean, just some different things to kind of get a step away for a minute, kind of regroup, step away. Looking at our event New Year's Eve that time, if I'd had a little bit of a recharge between all the activity in the room and then the noise of the party, I, it might have been a different scenario. I just, my head wasn't on straight. And I know with what I'm working through, it has to be. With that right there, I'd, I'm going to pause for two seconds and talk to the extroverts. Make sure that you don't push introverts because you can't push them because it shuts them down. A lot of people will be like, oh, come out here and drink. Come join. Come join. The introvert doesn't want to. And so they will shut down real quick. I'd say if you're an extrovert and know people that are open introverts, just check on their comfort level. Yeah. It's that simple. You know, you don't have to scold them or don't have to walk them through anything. Just make sure they're comfortable. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that I do with even with other people. We have other friends and I'm like, are you good? Are you everything's okay? All right. Holler at me if you need something, you know, and then I'll go on. I'm not like you have to like dragging them out. Come dance with me because you're sitting on the couch and not moving. You know, don't do that shit. So with the route you're going, you know what the next tip is? Take your time on all this. That's right. So exactly what you said. There's no rush. The lifestyle will always be there. You know, we bring that up when somebody talks about being a newbie. There's no insult in that. It's just you're just now coming into the scene. There's a certain little growth or progression you have to take. There, there's no there's no trophy at the end of it. No, no. This should enhance you. It's not a mar- it's it's more of a marathon and not a quick dash. Well, with the taking your time, you know, there have been times we've gone to events, stayed for an hour and left. And I've literally been like, I just it, my nerves can't. That was early in the game. You know, my yeah. nerves can't take yeah. it. And there have been times where we've been driving to a club and I said, I'm just not feeling it tonight. I'm not in the mood. We forced going out, you know, finally got rid of the kids, rushed over here. I'm not feeling it. And there have been times where I felt like shit and gone out and had the best nights of my life. Well, and that can be anyone, not just introverts. I mean, because there's times where maybe I've had a argument with anyone, you know, and then I get pissy and I'm like, I'm really not in the mood to be here. So again, those were a bunch of good tips. Check out swingershelp.com for more of the article. I want to touch base two seconds on some of the different uh, social anxieties. The one we're talking about is more of the feelings of being judged or not fitting in, more of your internal thoughts and stuff like that. Now, there is another social anxiety, which is very common, especially in the lifestyle. It's social anxiety with play. And we're going to touch on this just briefly. I would like to do just briefly. Yeah. Performance anxiety could be a episode all its own. Yes. It's something everybody, do do women worry about performance? Do women get as twisted up about guys? Because we've seen guys get where they can't even perform. Yes. So let's, let's talk about that. Do women? Yeah, I would say yes, which it's, it's very different because theirs is, oh, am I going to be with this guy? Is he going to be having anxiety? Is he not going to be able to get it up? Or on the, the flip side, which we've talked in earlier podcasts, like for me, my thought is, is I've had a total hysterectomy. Am I going to have enough lube? Do I need to get lube? Like, oh, great. What is it? And so that's, you do have that anxiety, you know, oh, is, is he going to like me? if he has ED, is it because of me? You know, like, so you girls do have those different thoughts than you guys. But from what I've read, it seems women's are more external as far as looks. Yes. And guys are more worried about size and lasting and performance. So they, then they get in their head on that side. I mean, it's, it's odd the difference between the sexes of what they're worried about going into a play scenario. Well, I know early on I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to look at me and I'm going to have this extra roll right here. Roll over on your belly. Yeah, right. Tap it from the ass. <laughs> That's what I'm saying though. It's like you, it's stupid. It's almost stupid the way that you think about some of this stuff. Yeah, I have an extra roll. It's because I'm folded up. 
It's from all those Texas Roadhouse rolls with extra <laughs> butter is what it is, girl. You just bring those rolls on over here. I know. I'm so addicted to them. It's extra cushion in my for the pushing. Well, back to anxiety outside of lifestyle. Let me let me say one more thing before we okay. move on. So, like I said, we're going to uh, touch on this later on probably or a different time. I just want to quickly say that if you're experiencing play anxiety, step away, take a minute, regroup, go to your safe spot, clear your head, and then just think, is this a legitimate concern? Talk to your wingman. Is my role really an issue? No, it's not. But also analyze why you're in it. If, yes. If you can't perform, look at the root of the problem. You know, is, yeah. is this something you need to be in? You know, be honest with yourself. Figure out, is it a medical reason? Is it ED? Is it, you know, high blood pressure? Is it, I've had too much to drink? It's been a long day. You know, like, you know, there's different reasons why you could have play anxiety. So just regroup, refocus, try something else. All right, now we can move on. So I'm just throwing out some random notes here I had here at the end. One thing is, thing about introverts is they want to belong. Yes. So that's, you know, don't think that it's that we don't want to be out there. The one thing that used to really hit me is, you know, we would be called a wallflower. Yeah, or you're standoffish. Or standoffish. And, you know, the first club we went to, I used to go outside quite a bit and get air. One, it was smoky in there, but two, it was a big sensory overload. You know, I wanted to be involved in the lifestyle, but I didn't feel at the time where I was at was... Where you're at in your mental state was just not developed yet. You were still a little baby with your mental development. Wow, thank you. You're right. I probably wasn't in the right frame of mind to be that deep in the LS at the time. So by going outside and catching my breath, that was kind of me recharging, but also got criticized a lot for it. Yeah. And that's that's something, you know, you got to let people work don't, through don't their, criticize people work through their own things. I I've taken more steps back from people you know, bad mouth me. Oh my God, you're away from your wife. And then, you know, it, it, People it don't plays in my head. They, they think they're being funny and they don't realize how it comes across to you because there's times where I even have said stuff to people. And then later I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Well, yeah. Someone said, makes a comment about me being away from you for a couple seconds. And I'm like, fuck, that was a big deal to me. And you just squashed it. Yeah. And it, it really kicks an introvert in the balls. Well, final thought here, and we'll end this out, but one thing that we found that really does not mix is anxiety, introverts, and tons of alcohol. No. Luckily, that's not been one that's affected me. I've never needed drugs or alcohol to party hard. Well, and unfortunately, when you when I first met you and you were heavily into drinking, it really changed your mindset. Like It altered your thoughts quite a bit. My good self-control isn't there when I drink on no. multiple levels. I know. But how many people have we seen at parties that have came in? They're, they're newbies. One or both of them are getting total shit-faced drunk. Yeah, because of their nerves at, about it. And they're being carried out. I mean, what kind of first experience is that? We see that every time we go out. And my advice is, is you can always say no. Just come for the atmosphere. You are not forced to do anything. Do your level. Like you said the other day, you, you go at the slowest pace person. Which if both of you are moving slow, take it at that rate. Yeah. That, that goes back to move at your own speed. Like we said, it took us years to adjust how we even could handle social settings. All right, now that I have given you all kinds of anxiety through this whole thing and made you, pulled you through the crowd here, what else do you have? I'm going to need to find my safe space after you made me talk about my problems here. <laughs> no, but Where's your safe word? No, but as we said earlier, we're not here to try to tell introverts how to operate. You can't. I can't judge what your level of anxiety is just as you can't physically see what mine is. One thing we can do, though, is encourage each other. That's one thing we wanted to do today. 
We felt that over the last 15 years, we've learned and adapted some good steps to help me be a functioning introvert. Yes. There's still hills for me to climb, but I assume even by the time we're done with all this, I'll still be a progress in motion. Yep. So if you have problems with this, as always, feel free to reach out to us on social media or anywhere else. We would love to hear if you've had these problems and have conquered them, what's worked for you. And if you're on the flip side, like me, try to understand you know, when someone's sitting there uh, with their back against the wall, you know, just are you okay? And then give them space. Make them feel included. Don't force them. And as always, let's go flamingos. Thank you for listening to the Swinging Flamingo podcast. You can find us on our website at www.swingingflamingos.com. You can also check out our community page on altplayground.net. And we are on all major podcast platforms, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you'd like Miss Flamingo's personal number, you can reach her at 944 Nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope. I got a new one, but don't give it out. All right. Maybe next time. Maybe next time.